0: Hey there, folks. Dan Figella here with Tech Emergence, where we bring to you the entrepreneurs, researchers, and investors at the domain where technology and psychology overlap in the general world of emerging tech. And rarely do we get to speak with folks that are involved in all three of those, or at least have a footing in all three of those. Today, I'm lucky enough to be joined by Vivek Wadwa of Singularity University, Duke, and Stanford, where we're going to be speaking about the uh, swift developments in exponential technologies and, and where that might really make a difference in human day-to-day life in the coming decade ahead. Vivek, how are you? Good, thank you, Dan. Glad to be able to have you here. You know, I, I had seen a quote, and we had talked off, off mic, and I told you I really wanted to start here. A quote by yourself where you had mentioned, you know, we're entering an era where we're drastically advancing our technologies um, without necessarily advancing humanity. I, I was curious as to what exactly you meant by that and then kind of poke and prod that a little bit because I'm I'm interested in the same concerns.
1: Dan, let's talk about what's happening to technology. Sure. It's been advancing for thousands of years. First, it took thousands of years to get any major advances. Then it took hundreds of years. Then it took decades. Now, every year, we're seeing major change after major change after major change. I mean, look at computing itself. Look at Moore's Law. Moore's Law is the fifth paradigm of exponential growth according to uh, uh, Ray well. Kurzweil yep. but, but uh, it's just one of the uh, you know technologies that's been expanding rapidly which is the semiconductors at the rate at which uh, uh, computing is advancing by 2023 our $1,000 smartphones or, or laptops will have the same computing power as our brains. And that's mind-blowing that literally they'll they'll be as computationally uh, powerful as we are yeah, and that's wild. the beginning and then you know Computing keeps advancing at the same rate that is every 18 months, uh, two years or so, price performance keeps doubling, these things become more and more powerful while we remain stagnant. We haven't had a software upgrade for, what, 100,000 years?
0: It's been a while. It's been a while.
1: It's been a while. And essentially uh, our values advance very slowly. So all of this technology is advancing faster than we can imagine, faster than we realize and we're not. So the good news is that it's opening up uh, technology is opening up many new uh, opportunities for mankind, that it's solving our problems. that we don't have hunger on the planet the way we did before. You do in some pockets, but by and large, the planet has become connected and uh, we don't have you know massive famines and massive starvation the way we did before. Yep. We, we don't have wars the way we did, we did before also. And I know it seems like the world is very violent, but compared to history, it's a lot more peaceful than it's ever been. Yep. The fact is that we're all connected together, that uh, there'll be people in India that hear this podcast, there'll be people in China that hear it, there'll be people yep. in Brazil, there'll be people in Ethiopia perhaps. You know, God knows they're all over the world people are now sharing ideas such as what we're listening to right now. And uh, what we're recording will live on for forever probably. Yeah. So this is all sort of, was, this was unimaginable even a few years ago. I mean look at the way I'm talking to you right now over Skype. This call costs zero. Zero dollars zero dollars basically. A few years ago you and I would worry about long-distance codes. We would worry about having to pay (laughs) 25 cents a minute or something and and we would worry about area codes. When was the last time we worried about that? This has become free. Similarly, we're now going to see many other things become free. We're going to see medicine become practically free. We're going to see energy become practically free. Hmm. We're going to be able to 3D print most of our day-to-day goods and they'll be practically free. When I say practically free, even this phone call isn't free because you're paying for your computer. You're yeah, paying paying for
0: the, electricity, the yeah, yep.
1: Yeah, but the fact is that it's affordable by the masses. I mean, you know, the poorest of the poor in India now carry cell phones. They can call us for about two cents a minute. <laughs> it costs more for us to call them than to call us, but the fact is they can afford to now call us. It was unimaginable before. Yeah. So it's become practically free. This is what we're headed into. However, <coughs> we don't know what to do with this. We, we're creating this unprecedented prosperity. We have no idea... How to distribute it? We have no how to deal with it. We're creating social turmoil uh, by now connecting the world together. Expectations are rising in the developing world that they want the same things that that we have here in the developed world. Uh, there are all sorts of policy and legal issues coming with advancing technologies. Everything from drones to self-driving cars to to robots to AI and so on. We, I mean, people don't even understand these advances are happening. I mean, the things I'm saying seem like science fiction to to most people in the world. I mean. However, you and I know that they're happening. Like we're we're yeah. experiencing, we're living in this future in which all these amazing things happen. The next ten years will be even more amazing, more dramatic, more traumatic.
0: Yeah, and, and before and as, even more so. as as we get into that, because I do I am interested in sort of your thoughts as to the coming decade and sort of the technologies that, that may make the biggest difference, doing uh, you know, being involved in in entrepreneurship and, and tech at Duke and Stanford, not to mention Singularity University, where you guys are bringing in uh, various and sundry experts from from all you know domains of emerging and ex- exponential technologies. Um, y- but before we even get into the coming decade, you know, you had mentioned we're, we're advancing technology faster than we are with humanity. Our, you know again, our values shift rather slowly. Our own personal software upgrades. Don't exactly come all that swiftly. It's been uh, it's been quite quite some uh, some vast number of years since we've really had any significant uh, upticks in terms of our legitimate mental capacity uh, in terms of work.
1: Let me give an example. Of yeah. just Talking about it. For example, right now one of the ugliest debates in America is about Obamacare, about providing health care coverage to every American. You know, there's fear that it's going to bankrupt the system, and therefore you have a group of Americans basically saying that we should uh, we should not have it that we don't have to provide uh, coverage to these people. Let them, you know, they're not saying this, but the idea is let them uh, die, I mean, if if it costs us money. What an ugly debate to be having. When you and I know that uh, the way technology is advancing, we're going to dramatically transform the medical industry over the next five or ten years. Already you're seeing this happen. Uh, The Apple Watch showed that Apple has now become a healthcare company because that device is a medical device.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's the angle of it for that's sure. It.
1: Now Apple is also hinting that it wants to get <laughs> DNA data. Google is doing the same. Microsoft is doing the same. The tech industry is beginning to swallow, beginning to eat the medical industry and it's gonna change medicine at a pace that's unimaginable. We're gonna now have you know devices that monitor our bodies functioning twenty-four-seven they'll monitor our lifestyle habits, mm-hmm. they'll have information about our genomics, our, our, G, our DNA, and they'll begin to correlate that we'll have AI-based software that sits behind the scenes and monitors it 24-7 and warns us when we're about to get sick, warns us when we need to take medicine. It'll give us guidance when, on how to improve our lifestyle and our habits yeah. to get healthier. This is all becoming affordable to the masses. Anyone who carries a smartphone, which is now billions of people, can now get the same medical advice as...
0: You know, um, uh, uh, we you know uh, we imagined in, in science fiction not too long ago. Yeah, and I, uh, I'd be a stretch to say that I've done too much of my homework on Obamacare, so it's tough for me to uh, to make explicit statements on that one. But I, I understand where you where you're going with, um, you know, when when you when you address the fact that that uh, the technology is, is expanding and and opening up more opportunities than 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 uh, maybe our, our then it's certainly expanding a, a lot. Swifter than our capacities and our own values are altering and expanding. What does that kind of mean and imply? Are there particular hiccups or hurdles that can happen because of that? You mentioned Obamacare uh, to some degree. You know, as technology, we make these leaps and bounds. Again, we talk about drones. Uh, you know, di- uh, d- uh, technology to diagnose your illnesses and, and real deal turn bio to bits and really uh, be able to, to to track and monitor all of your various health metrics in real time. Um, are, are there are there hurdles and hiccups about the fact that we are not growing uh, and, and we are not expanding to this nearly a, at all in any any way, shape or form to the same degree as our technology? Does that pose particular problems in the future about maybe what technologies, you know, uh, maybe are less safe for us to, at, at present or or in terms of how we roll out these technologies? What does that mean?
1: another example. it's, I think it's mean to be debating whether everyone should have health coverage. It's, in Silicon Valley, we also have debates about whether children should go to school or not. So you have Peter Thiel, the Thiel Foundation, uh, now offering kids $100,000 to, uh, to drop out of college. And the message is that, hey, college education isn't necessary. The, the, the hidden message behind that is, hint, hint, if everyone has to get educated, it's going to come out of our taxes, and which means we all have to pay more money. Why do we need to educate a cocktail waitress when um, uh, she doesn't need a degree? Hmm. That's sort of ugly side of it. When, you know, you see, if we realize the fact that in this new era we're headed into, knowledge is everything. I mean, we're moving into an era in which our basic needs will be met, and we're going to be changing occupations very rapidly. That, that You know, it used to be 100 years ago that you, took, you chose a profession and you studied for it.
0: That's it, yes, it yeah. Your whole life. Your okay? whole
1: life. Now, within the same life, you're going to be changing professions four or, four, time, four or five times. If you don't have a basic education, you're screwed, basically, because you won't be able to reinvent yourself. So education has become more important than ever, not less important than ever. And then ultimately what's going to happen over the 15 to 20 year period is that automation and AI and technology will do almost everything humans do with their hands and with their minds. So the the vast majority of jobs as we know them will disappear. So humanity will now have to figure out what to to do with itself. We're going to be doing different things. We'll probably start focusing more on the arts and music and knowledge and enlightenment and, and you know, all these great things versus working in factories and working on farms the way it used to be 100 years ago. So again, if you don't have the basic education for that, you're not going to be able to uh, enjoy this new world we're moving into. So these are the type of you know debates I see happening over and over again where ignorance triumphs knowledge hmm. where you have people looking at the past and saying that this is how well in the past this is this is how the future is going to be. How the future is going to be, when the fact is that the future is going to be completely different than anything we've imagined before. We're headed into the Star Trek future that we that we dreamed about.
0: So, out of curiosity, and I, I didn't pick up on everything you had just mentioned about Thiel, but you you're of the belief that that in, in many respects he's mistaken there about the the sort of uh, ineptness of the modern collegiate education. That at the end of the day a solid grounding in those those varied bases of knowledge is as if not more relevant than it ever has been and that maybe he's a little bit off the mark there?
1: Yeah, the school, the, the education system needs to be improved without doubt. That colleges are too expensive, they're, too, they're still locked, locked <coughs> in the past and so on. But what we need to be putting our energy into is modernizing that. In moving it into the exponential era versus trying to say don't go to school because it's bad, you'll get bankrupt if you go to school. That's stupid. right? So we need to now focus on how do we now take all of these technology advances and build digital tutors so that everyone can get an education? How do we now build AI tools that adjust education to our needs and which coach us uh, you know, through a lifetime, basically provide a lifetime of education through technology? Those are things that are possible right now. So I would much rather see our billionaires be investing you know, millions of dollars uh, or hundreds of millions of dollars if necessary in coming up with radically new education systems which it basically adapt to the human and teach us what we need to do and learn as we go versus slamming the system itself and saying education is not necessary. So when I say that humanity can't keep up, that's an example of it. That we have this backward thinking where we, where we try to deal with scarcity versus um, uh, you know, uh, distributing abundance. The, the, the battle of the future is do we now um, uh, uh, you know, continue with the mindset of scarcity where we had to ration everything and where only the rich could have what they wanted, and the poor would have to suffer and starve. Or do we now realize that we're headed into an era of abundance, where we'll have enough for everyone, and we have to figure out how to share this abundance and 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 uplift humanity with it?
0: No, I'm, uh, I believe yeah.
1: she'll be figuring out how to uplift humanity and doing good for mankind. I
0: I like I like the frame. You know, again, I think there's a lot of logistical considerations in there, some of which I don't fully understand, but I think uh, on the aggregate and as a frame, I'm rather congenial with that. As as one of my very last questions here, Vivek, you know, uh, looking at everything, maybe even just the experts that are rolling into Singularity University year after year, but everything else that you're sort of immersed in and involved in the tech space, um, you know, from from uh, healthcare and and real-time tracking of health data, from three D printing, from uh, the the developments in emerging or in in virtual reality and, and augmented reality, and Microsoft's new AR. A uh, little platform there, which which is seems rather fascinating. Um, in in the, you know a lot of, for a lot of folks, uh, these exponential technologies, it, it comes as an interesting idea. It, it comes as something that hasn't quite dawned on them. Most people haven't seen three D printing sort of hit the ground. They haven't seen VR really hit the ground outside of some gaming stuff. Um, in the coming decade, you know, with all of these various technologies that are that are moving forward which exponential technologies would you predict, if, and, and you know, I'm not asking you to use a crystal ball, but just your own somewhat intuition here, um, would you predict to make the most drastic changes on day-to-day human life in the coming 10 years? Which exponential technologies are most likely to do that? It is isn't
1: one. When you understand exponential technologies, you realize that the magic happens when they converge. Huh. When you have computing coming together with medicine, you get the Apple Watch. When you have smartphones coming together with TVs, you get smart TVs. I mean, you know... These are the type of things that happen when technologies converge. You have several technologies advancing at the same time at exponential rates and they're converging. When the convergence happens, that's when the disruption happens, that's when the magic happens, and that's when they they become affordable and available to the masses. That's what's happening right now, is that we have many, many different technologies all coming together at the same time and transforming humanity like has never been imagined before.
0: Are you of the belief that, like, let's say, you know, technologies like the Apple Watch, most people, you know, wearables hasn't quite, quite, quite gotten here yet. I don't think in the real kind of big deal way that obviously smartphones and other technologies have. Do you see, you know, a a decade out from now, anybody my age, your age, no matter what, you know, essentially just as common as it is to have a cell phone? Do you believe that that um, some some technology like the Apple Watch will be as permeated into society by then. Do you think we might need a little bit more time on that? I know that that's a big focus for Prize and some of these other folks. I'm interested Dan, in your Dan thoughts. Go
1: back, go back five or seven years, okay? Huh. Um, go back ten years, okay? We couldn't have imagined everyone having a smartphone. Oh, no, and, for sure. I didn't
0: have a smartphone ten years ago. No.
1: So, and suddenly everyone now has a smartphone. Hey, everybody. The poor in, in the developing world, are now buying smartphones because the price has dropped to about the $50 level. So this is what's happening. We can't even imagine (laughs) the changes that are going to happen and how everything becomes affordable to the masses. So people don't even know these technologies exist. Virtual reality, augmented reality. I mean, 2016 is going to be the year of of, uh, of augmented reality. And 2017 or 2018 will be virtual reality. The first headsets will cost a few hundred dollars. But give it two or three years, they'll be down to $50. They'll be as prevalent as our smartphones. We're not going to be using screens the way we do right now. We're going to be in virtual 3D worlds yeah. within 5 or 10 years or so. So we, you know, our TV sets, high definition, this, high definition, that, 4K this, 4K that, it looked primitive when we have augmented reality glasses that we wear and that, that takes us into virtual worlds. That's only 5 or 10
0: years away. Huh. And, and now you had mentioned, yeah, that we've, we've interviewed some very interesting VR companies working on, on just that, on essentially sort of getting rid of the primitiveness of screens in um, our, our current computer and man interfaces, and, and really being able to, uh, to to expand our possibilities in that respect. You really, you, you had mentioned 2000, was it 16 or 17, you would say would be the year of augmented reality, or when you really see the, those technologies kind of hitting the ground?
1: I see them hitting, I see them being much more available in the 2016 2017 timeframe, becoming very usable, very elegant, and it sort of blow your socks off stuff. Right now, <laughs> Even if you look at uh, Oculus, it's still crude. I mean, I, I don't, I didn't. I've used Oculus. I don't like it because it seems, you know, like the early generation of video games were. That it looks like you're in a video game. Yeah. Uh, version three of Oculus will be fantastic, amazing. It's, it'll be like watching a 4K TV or you know, high definition uh, TV for the first time. You
0: say, "Wow, look at that." Yeah. Um, so, and I'm, I'm, uh, and I'm definitely excited to be able to interact with as many quote-unquote screens or, or applications as possible instead of having to stare at this one laptop screen. Vivek, as, as my my uh, last question here as we come right up on time, um, you know, this question around having to, to shift our own perspective, you know, uh, technology advancing more swiftly than humanity, in order to shift our perspective to deal with this, you know, exponential world that we're moving into, whether that's the new ethical considerations whether that's the new perspective, that's a little bit less scarcity focused and a little bit more uh, proliferating and sharing of, of abundance for for uh, you know lack of a better term than you know Dia book there. Um, what do you think is necessary to sort of make make those shifts and, and get those 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 clicks of values to kind of dial over to really handling and, and managing this new world as opposed to the old world? Do you think that that implies some degree of moral enhancement in some literal way. You know, you mentioned we haven't had a soft grade update in quite some time. Do you think it's inevitably going there? Or do you think that's maybe not going to be part of it and we just need a mind shift? What are your perspectives there?
1: And this is what I'm working on uh, now. I mean, ah. I shifted my gears from what I was doing at Singularity University researching technology advances. Now I'm worried about how do we uh, deal with the ethical and legal issues. I'm also looking at how corporations can stay current and how they can adapt to the exponential error. This is the focus of my work for the next year or so. I don't
0: have all the answers. Don't, don't have it? Well, at, at least you're chipping away at it, and I suppose the more of us that are doing that, hopefully the closer we'll come, huh? Exactly. That's that's what I can hope for as well. Vivek, thank you so much for being able to take the time here on Tech Emergence. If people want to learn more from you or find you on the web, where would they go online to find you? Go
1: to my website, wadwa.com, W-A-D-H-W-A.com. Follow me on Twitter, at wadwa.
0: Very good. Okay, cool. Vivek, thank you again.
1: Okay, all the best.
0: Hey, thanks for tuning in, guys. If you're an entrepreneur or a future thinker uh, with an interest in businesses, transitions, or technologies that have the potential to alter human potential, then make sure you check out techemergence.com. It's our main blog site where you can see all of our other interviews with uh, top startup leaders, uh, entrepreneurship experts, and folks in the domain of technology, cutting-edge emerging technology. Uh, If you have a particular interest in how technology can affect the future of human consciousness and our conscious experience – And be sure to also check out sentientpotential.com. There we explore a lot of the ethical considerations and really serious moral matters of emerging technologies, in addition to interviews with great philosophers and technology experts of our day. Uh, More than anything else, always feel free to reach out. If you can find us via email, um, you can reach out to us there or whatever other way. Find us on the blog. Be sure to drop comments. We believe that the serious uh, conversation about the future is not only open-minded, but also interdisciplinary and multifaceted. So we'd like nothing more than to be able to glean your ideas as well. Uh, So with that being said, with the best of intentions for a brilliant future, this is Dan Fagella signing off. And we'll see you next week.